God's word is his weapon for revival and transformation of lives for his glory. Prepare your heart as you receive the word of God coming to you from Calvary Way Revival Labors. For inquiries and counsel, you can send an email to calvaryrevivallabors at gmail.com or call 08065607999. God bless you as you listen and obey. Praise the Lord. Are you happy? Are you sure? Let's pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are set. Our hearts are ready for your impartation this evening. We pray that by your spirit, you will speak forth your word of life. And that the entrance of your word into our life will shine forth your light. And that every darkness will depart in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray that understanding be granted unto us. That we will be doers of this word even as we receive grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Praise the Lord. For some time now, the Lord has been speaking to us on a topic, I think we can call it a topic or a theme, keys to activating divine blessing. We have uh, looked at some of it last two Sundays and last Sunday, and we are to push on to see how God will help us to complete that today. Now, let me reiterate some of the points that has been made in the past messages in form of summary, not in detail. Please, if you have not been around uh, or you have not followed all the parts of the teaching, get the message from the media and make sure that you listen to it so that you'll be able to follow in what God is doing. Now, we saw that even though God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, according to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, and that also Christ has, by the reason of the work of redemption, made us to be partakers of Abraham's blessing, according to Galatians 3 verse 14. We are not seeing the complete or the fullness of the manifestation of these blessings in our lives. And we saw that the, the reason for that is because though it has happened for everybody, each person, each individual, we have to personally activate his own. Just like, you know, our salvation has been settled, but each sinner will have to come to the cross as a person and activate his own salvation by accepting Jesus. So that's why we are talking about activating, you know, the blessings that God has given to us so that it will become a reality in your life as a child of God that has been redeemed or that has been blessed. And among other reasons why we should activate these divine blessings upon our lives, one was standing out. The blessings of the Lord make it a man rich and added no sorrow to it. We saw that in 
Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, that it is the Lord's blessing that makes a man to be rich. And that rich is not just talking about spiritual rich. We know that there is something like spiritual wealth. But this time around, that scripture is referring to physical wealth. And he said, that adds no sorrow to that. And we also saw that that does not mean that everybody that is rich is blessed by God. Some people got their blessings from the devil. But how you distinguish the two is that there is always a sorrow, there is always a sadness, there is always lack of peace, lack of joy, lack of contentment, you know, attached to that which is not coming from God. If it is the blessing of the Lord, it will add no sorrow to it. Praise the Lord. Now, we also began to look at the keys that activate these blessings in our life. And we have seen three already. Number one, we saw Titan as one of the keys. According to Malachi, one of the key passages we read when we studied it is Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 to verse 12, where the Bible says, or God was, was speaking to his people, he said, bring ye all the tithe to the house of the Lord, to the storehouse, and then try me, prove me, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out on you a blessing. So, when you faithfully pay your tithe to him, he opens the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, say, such that you will not be able to contain it. God is faithful to his word. And those who have practiced it, they testify that of a truth he keeps to his word. And in verse 12, he said that I will bless you to the, to the point that all the nations of the earth will recognize that you are the blessed of the Lord. Amen. Now, we also saw thanksgiving as one of the keys of, you know, activating divine blessing. You know, I'm just trying to re reverse what we have done already, but there's a scripture that we read. I fell in love with that scripture, and I kept on reading that. Psalm 107. In fact, when you look at verse 1 of Psalm 107, before verse 19 to 22 that we read, verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercies endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Then he began to describe so many things that God delivered people from. And one of them is from where we picked that particular wonderful text from, verse 19, where he said, this set of people, they were close to death, and they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, verse 19. And he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. I'm reading verse 21 now. Psalm 107. I'm reading verse 21 now. He said, Oh, that man will praise the Lord for his goodness and for his what? Wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And declare his works with rejoicing. Amen. So you see that 
because of what God has done, for his wonderful works, for his goodness, say, men should praise God. So we saw that there are three expressions of true thanksgiving. Praises unto God. And then, sacrifice unto him. Sacrifice of, sacrifices of thanksgiving. Where you have to give. And then number three, and declare his works where you have to testify. It's a testimony of what God has done. So you praise him, Lord, I thank you for what you have done, what you are doing, what you are here to do. That's okay. Then you give him a thanksgiving sacrifice. And then you testify before the brethren what the Lord has done for you. And then we also saw wholehearted service unto God as number three key of activating divine blessings. Now, one of the key passages we studied when we read, uh, when we did that was Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13, where God was talking to the children of Israel through Moses. He said, if you will serve me with all your heart, shall come to pass. If we hearken diligently unto my commandments, and which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Amen. To serve him with what? All your heart and with all, what? All your soul. He said that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season. And the first rain and the latter rain, before rain will ever fall, heaven has to open. Rain falls from heaven. And so God is saying, I will open the, the heavens and I will release my blessings upon your, you know, because Israelites are majorly farmers. And when you read down, you see where I was saying, I'm going to bless your the grasses for your cattle to eat and all of that so we saw that god blesses those that serve him wholeheartedly exodus 23 25 and 26 says you shall serve the lord your god and he shall bless your bread and your waters he said i will take sickness from the midst of you none of your none of you shall be barren or cast your young the number of your days i will fulfill Praise the Lord. So we are going to move forward today to look at the remaining keys. I believe God that we will have uh, time to finish the remaining keys for today. Now, number four key for activating divine blessing is diligent obedience to God and his words. Can we all say it? Diligent obedience to God and to his uh, words. Let's start with the New Testament. James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25. James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25. Amen. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving yourselves or your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. 
For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straight away forgetteth what manner of person he was. Let's read verse 25 together. I want to go. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. This man, not everybody, this particular man shall be blessed in his deed. Brothers and sisters, one of the you know, alarming thing among the children of God or those who call themselves children of God in our own generation is the level of, you know, negligence to the word of God. It's not as if they don't know what God said. They know. But to obey it is the problem. To do that which they have known is a problem. And yet they want God to bless them. Sometimes we have, you know, one of the reasons why, I will tell you one reason why many Christians disobey God. And I will tell you reason why few that obeys God and his word obey. Let me use some example we know. One of these Instructions in the word of God says, do not neglect the assembly of one another. Hebrew 4 to um, 10, 25. Am I correct? Am I correct? Now, why is it that many, many believers, they don't obey that scripture? They have reasons. They have what? Reasons. Excuses. Now, listen to reason, another aspect. One reason why the few that obeys obey God, no matter the situation or the circumstance, is they have understanding of spiritual authority. Eh? If you want to have an understanding of what authority is, you just meet the military officers. I spoke with one this afternoon. Coming to marry one of her, one of my daughters. Eh? When they say, shoot. You don't ask why. Why should I shoot? The only thing you need to do is to look at the person that is asking you to shoot to be sure that he's the right person. A senior officer. Once you realize that is a senior officer, whether the person before you is your mother or your brother, what are you going to do? Eh? There is nothing like a, excuse me, excuse me. Lack of understanding. I may not deal with that in detail today. Maybe God will give us opportunity to look at the, the issue, the, the concept of spiritual authority one of the days. Because it is always, you know, what our mind, our hearts battles with. When, come, 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 sorry. When I say to this brother, run, 
from here to that gate. Don't look at your back. What do you think he's going to do? What is the first thing that will come to his mind? But why? But what? What is the reason why I should run? And if you explain the reason and he didn't synchronize with what he believed, what will he do? Look at God saying to look at the men that obeyed God in the Bible. Take your only son, the one you love. I gave it to you at your old age. Take him to a mountain where I will name. When you get there, sacrifice him for me. Why? But are you not the one that gave it to me? You promised that you will give it to me. And you gave it to me. Why are you not asking me to go and... Is that what Abraham did? Eh? So why are you doing that? Why do we disobey God? And yet, we expect his blessings. The Bible is very clear. It said, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. Do you know why God is dealing with this matter at this time? Because God has seen the way things are going in our time, in our nation. We are seeing it. We are seeing the way things are getting hard every day. Somebody said he bought something, 6000 Went back to buy the same thing. They said 21000 You know, it's not a news. And for us, our own safety, our own safety is when we run back to be under his own economy. In the year of famine, Isaac would have gone to Egypt. God said, don't travel. Stay. And he stayed. When Abraham, Abraham obeyed God, when he obeyed God, the Bible said God has to swear and said, by myself I swore that in blessing I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. Who is a civil servant here? A civil servant is somebody that is being paid a salary after work. Anybody like that here? Sorry, come. This is a civil servant. And she just got her alert of her monthly salary. Bam! And as she's gotten her alert, I say, ah, thank God. I have borrowed so, so many money. I want to use it to pay. And in fact, let's begin to buy things. She had a voice in her spirit saying, don't touch. Carry everything and give for my work. What is the first question in her heart? Why? This God, do you reason at all? Are you not seeing the needs around me? Are you not seeing the things that are facing me, both in my family, in my father's family, and in every other areas? Why? But you see, anytime God is asking a man for anything, 
it is because God has planned to bless the man. Do you agree with what I say now? It's because he has already planned to bless the man. And so he's just looking for, a, a, let me say, a reason to bestow the blessing. Can I go back? A reason to bestow the blessing. But it is difficult for so many to live out of their reasons and live under God's authority. So someone said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That sitteth not in the seat of the scoffers. He said, but his delight, go ahead, verse 2, but his delight is where? In the Lord of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And it shall be what? Like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit where? In a season. And his leaf does what? Shall not wither. And what happened now? Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. What's the meaning of whatsoever? Let him not touch selling of pure water. Eh? You know, if God asks you now, sorry, ma, come. Say you are looking for a job. <laughs> or what to do. As you are looking for a job or what to do. And God say, as you are praying, oh God, what do you want me to do? And you hear the voice of the Lord say, my daughter, I want you to start pure water business. You know that for some of us, you will see it as degrading, isn't it? A graduate. That's the first problem you will have. How can a graduate sell pure water? Okay, excuse me. Is that what you'll be doing? Let me even understand. You mean that's what you'll be doing? <laughs> Amen. But the truth is that whatsoever he, he doeth, whatsoever. So your problem is not about what you are doing. Your problem is whether you are this kind of man that the blessing of the Lord is already what? Upon him. That whatsoever he touches. You see, it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers. And the tree bears its fruit in its what? There is no excuse. Excuse me, tree. Why are you not bearing fruit this year? You say, ah, can't you see that we have economic uh, crisis? Can't you see that price of things are going high? No. The season... He must bring forth fruit. Thank you. So, it is because of his blessings. And let me say this. Don't obey God because you are looking for God's blessing. Don't what? Obey God because you are looking for God's blessing. You will have problem in the, that obedience along the road. If you love me, Keep my love. Love. Passion. Hunger. For him. 
It is the, a man's love for God that makes the difference. That makes the man consistent with God. If you love me, show it by obeying me. And so don't tell me that you love me when you are not obeying me. How do I know that you love me? Not by words of mouth. I love you, Lord. And you sing a song. No. By obeying my words, my commands. That's how he knows those that love him. Amen. Now, key number five that we need to use also to activate the Lord's blessings upon our life is the presence of the Lord. Turn your Bibles quickly to 2 Samuel chapter 6. The Lord's presence. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Amen. Are you there? Okay. And again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel. What does he want to do? Verse 2. There were 30,000 of them. He arose and went with them to bring the ark of the Lord. And then in verse 3, they carried the ark of the Lord on a new cart. A new small bus like that. And they were driving it. And when they came to the threshing floor, verse 6, move to verse 6, threshing floor of Nashon, Oza put forth his hand to the ark and took hold of it. Why? Because the ark wanted to fall down. What happened? The anger of the Lord came upon him and he was a dead man. And when he died, verse 9, David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall I bring the ark of the Lord to me? So he, will, he doesn't want to touch the ark again. He carried it aside into the house of Obedidon, the Gittite. Let's read verse 11 together. Everybody want to go. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obedidon, the Gittite, three months. And what happened? And the Lord blessed Obedidon and all his household. Verse 12. And it was told King David, saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obedidom and all that pertained unto him. Why? Because of the ark of God. Somebody say, because of the ark of God. <laughs> Please listen carefully. The first thing I wanted to note from this passage is this. There was or there were things that were not in the house of Obedidom there were things that Obededom and his family was not known for that began to happen as this one was happening another one was happening 
as this one was happening, the other one was happening. Before you know it, everybody was asking, excuse me, what is happening? Oh, are you getting what I'm saying? There are things that began to happen for people to notice that, oh, the Lord has blessed Obededon. See, blessing is not just uh, in the air. Blessing is tangible. Tell your neighbor, blessing is tangible. When the Lord began to begin to bless a man tangibly, you will see it. Depths will be cleared. Lack will be gone. Whatever that people are looking for and struggling for will be coming to him without effort. Eh? The first son of Abedadom, the next thing that we heard was that he got a, a scholarship and he is in one school, maybe in the best school of maybe U.S., as they are still talking, the second daughter got married to a medical doctor in Australia. Eh? As we are still talking, the third one, I mean, physical things were happening. Look, it was people that went to David and, and reported to David, the Lord has what? There, there was a difference. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? This God that blesses people, has he died? But there are keys. One of the keys we are seeing here is what? The, his presence. Why is better than being blessed? He is being blessed because he is hosting the Lord. Somebody say hosting God. <laughs> he is hosting the Lord of hosts. Hosting the what? The Lord of hosts. And the Lord of hosts began to release blessings upon his life, upon his household, to the extent that people began to notice it, the presence of the Lord. One of the things that you must ensure that you have and carry and keep carrying is this presence for the blessing to continue. Look at Joseph in uh, Egypt. The Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph. And he was what? There are some certain news that cannot be heard around the life and the family of a man that is blessed. Eh? It's so clear. You will see that news of you know, wonderful things will be taking place. See, let me tell you. If Obededon is living a normal life and struggling like his fellow people, persons and things are going normal. Will anybody discover that he's blessed? No, God wants to bless you to the extent that people will know that it is the Lord that blessed you. He wants to give you a job such that when you look at the way the job came, you will know that it is not by your struggle. And when you look at what you are being paid for the job, you will know that this is not man. Are you getting me? I discouraged the brother from picking up a job because I, I felt that this is not God. You will work from Monday to Saturday, 8 to is it 6 or 7, and collect 12,000 for one month. I say, in this period, what will 12,000 do? Pay your house rent or 
or transport or food or nepa bill or gas for cooking. Where do you start? I say, can you wait? Can you wait for God? I think you should wait for God. Because when God comes, you will know that he has come. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Amen. And so, how do we get this presence of God? There are many ways, but I want to share just one. Matthew 18.20 says something. Please, look at Matthew 18.20. Matthew 18, verse 20. If you are there, let's read together. If you are not there, look at the screen. Let's read together. One to go. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. There am I in the midst of them. Now, listen. Those that touched the ark of the Lord, he has a touch with God. You know, we used to sing a song, Touch Me One More Time. Am I correct? Uza uh-huh. had a, or some of us would say, Lord, touch me, I want to touch you. Some of us, if he touches you, you may die like Uza. Why did Uza die and Obedelon was blessed? Still the same act. Why? Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Who is speaking there? God or Jesus? I'm talking here now. Who is speaking here? Jesus said, anytime two or more people are gathered in my name, I am there in their midst. <laughs> Now, if you read the background, you notice that he's actually talking to the disciples. But before then, sorry, come. Come. This is a child of God. And you will agree with me that inside of any child of God is the spirit of God. Two of us. Eh? And if the spirit of God is inside of him... That is, is a carrier of the presence of God, isn't it? This one is carrying the presence of God because the spirit of God is inside of him, isn't it? This one is carrying the presence of God. Now, they now gathered together in his name. What is Jesus saying now? I will be where in their midst. Move. I'll be in their midst. Now, what do you notice? Is there increase of his presence or not? Are you following me? Because he's inside this one. He's inside this one. So, when this one is alone, eh? when he's alone, there is presence of the Lord in him, isn't it? So, let's say that the presence of the Lord in him is at volume 2. And this one is carrying two volumes of the presence. And they come together. 
This is two volumes. This is two volumes. And then the one in their midst is how many volumes? Eh? I don't I didn't get it. <laughs> even if it is two, even if it is still two, what's the volume of the peasants now? Six. What will be happening when he's alone? You, you know, with the mighty great as he's alone. But when he comes together, what happened? Greater things will begin to happen. Are you getting what I'm saying now? So, what if they become three? Hey, come. Come. Come now, all of you, come. Those of you in front, come. Stand here. You stand here. You stand here. Oh, yeah, join us. Now, did you notice something? Have they increased? Now, he said, I am in their midst. So, he will be in the midst of these two persons. He will be in the midst of these two persons. He will be in the midst of these two persons. Are you following me now? That is to say, the more their number is increasing, the more the presence. You know, we are in a digital, digital online age where somebody can be in his house and be watching this. Am I correct? And be commenting in the WhatsApp. <laughs> the network is off. <laughs> That's the age where we are. Forgetting that where two or more are gathered together, there is what? Hallelujah. You can go back. <laughs> you can go back. Now, see, there are factors that determines the quality and the quantity, if I may use that word, of the presence of the Lord whenever the people of God gather. The first one is whether they actually gathered together in his name. You know, sometimes when we gather together for a club meeting, or people gather together for club meeting, for them to encourage themselves that they are doing the right thing, they normally say prayers. Some even share the word of God. But the question is, were they actually gathered in his name? Are you getting what I'm saying? What does it mean to gather in the name of the Lord? To gather in the name of the Lord is to gather for two purposes. One, to worship and to praise him. Talk to him, pray unto him, and to receive these are the only two things that should happen. Are you getting what I'm saying? So sometimes you see so many things that we try to engage in. And we say this is uh, a gathering, is a fellowship. I remember some time ago where I was working, uh, one of the colleagues, <laughs> if you invite him to fellowship, after preaching to him, I invited to fellowship. I just invited to fellowship. He said he has fellowship too. I said, what's your fellowship? He said, Kegite. Kegite. You know Kegite? Some of you don't know Kegite. Kegite. He said they are doing fellowship every, is it every Sunday or every, they have their weekly fellowship. So that's his fellowship. He always go for fellowship. Are they gathered in his name? Are you getting what I'm talking about? It's not every meeting. 
if we take some people that are supposed to be here now, they are gathered somewhere. There is always a gathering. Do you know that last Sunday when we finished a meeting, I was going somewhere for a, a, a set apart, and I noticed that people gathered in different joints. They gathered together. Some gathered together, and what is in their front is one bottle of one beer, kind of beer or the other, and all of that. And it's, in fact, where I stopped to buy some, some things, I saw a group of boys. I know there is something in common that brought these people together. Please, let's understand meetings. Now, the second thing that determines the quality and the quantity of the presence of God is the life of the people. The life of the people that gathered together in his name. Are you getting me? Come, come again. Two of you, come. Let me just use two of them. I, I think I will join you. Hey, come, come. Fast. Not you. I said two of you. Sorry, sir. At least let's have one huge person. <laughs> Amen. Now, these are three people that are gathered together in his name. Oh, yeah, three of you, come. This is another kind of gathering in his name. These people gathered in his name. These people gathered in his name. And then, this person just finished fighting with his wife before coming to the gathering. Are you getting me? This one told lie on his way to the gathering. Eh? And this one... What do you normally do? <laughs> eh? Okay, somebody offended him and he has not forgiven. Are you getting me? You know, one of us was just telling me a story of what happened this, uh, is it today or, you know, that somebody, you know, stole something. And because they didn't know who stole the thing, they fought. People fought because they don't know. Later, he now discovered that it was actually his son that did the stealing. And then he was advising her, please go and tell the people that it is your son that did the thing. Say, never. He wanted them to kill me. And he was saying that all of them are from the same church. Both the two that fought. And the, you know that kind of thing. So you can imagine that kind of gathering in his name. Are you following what I'm talking about? This is a liar. This is a stealer. This is a fighter. And they have gathered in his name. And they are now worshipping. Isn't it? Now, this one is a disciple following Jesus, obeying the word, doing everything. This one is holy. This one is holy. What do you think will happen in these two kind of gathering? First of all, if you are the Lord, where would you like to go? <laughs> eh? Where would you like to be? This is where you are going to like to be. This place, their life will be repelling you, isn't it? Isn't it? And then, I don't know, are we still sure of the presence of the Lord inside of them? Eh? Are we still sure? Sometimes you can't be sure again. Amen. Are you understanding this now? So the life of the people that gathered, don't tell me that uh, I have gathered. That's why sometimes it's, 
if you don't value what we are doing here, if you think that we are just gathering for ordinary gardening, or you begin to compare this gathering with some other gathering, you'll be missing it. Look at the life of the people that gathered. Look at, you know their life because you know them. Though they gathered in his name, but can you ascertain that his presence is there? You can go back. Amen. If you are following me, let me see you hand up. You are getting Now, we have seen, number three is that the number of people that gathered with correct life is also a factor. So, if these people that have correct life, their number keep on increasing, the presence keep on increasing. So, three things, whether they have actually gathered in his name. Number two, what is the life of the people that gathered? Now, let's cap it up with Psalm 133. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 133. Psalm 133, verse 1 said, Let's read it together. One to good. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to do what? To dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment upon the head of Aaron that ran down upon the beard, even to the skirt of his garment. Verse 2. Look at verse 3. As the dew of Hammon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for dear the Lord commanded what? The blessing, even life forevermore. Where did the Lord command the blessing? Where, please? Where the brethren gathered. For dear, dear, there's a particular dear where the Lord commands his blessing. Now listen, some will say, uh, but how is it that I have been, you know, coming and have not been blessed? Listen, everything you see in the scripture can only work for you when you have the knowledge of it. Because it is when you have the knowledge of it and believe it that your faith will bring it to reality. So if you don't understand that by coming to discipleship alone on Sunday evening, that there is a blessing that you will receive from the Lord. You don't have that knowledge and you don't understand it. You will not be expectant. And when you are not expectant, you, you cannot have it. That ignorance will be taking it away from you. But when you have the knowledge and now you are working with the knowledge, then it will start happening in your life. Do you understand that? Amen. Let's look at the next key now. Key number what again? Key number six. Blessings from spiritual fathers. Somebody say it. Blessings from spiritual. Who is a spiritual father? A spiritual father is a spiritual man who has obtained a spiritual authority from God to raise up other men in the Lord. Not a religious father. Not 
a traditional father, not a biological father, a spiritual father. God decided to delegate his authority to men. And one of the ways, or one of the things that God also add or added to men that he has given his authority is the power to bless others. In Numbers chapter 22, a man called Balak is a king of Moab. He wanted to fight the children of Israel, but he noticed that they are too many. So what he did was he called Balaam and said to Balaam, Come and curse these people for me so that I will be able to conquer them and overcome them. <laughs> Let's read Numbers 22 verse 6 so that you see the knowledge that this man had, which is a very correct knowledge, and yet many people don't have that knowledge. Numbers 22 verse 6. Are you there? Balaam was talking to Balak. If you are not there, you can look at the stream. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, cause me these people, for they are too mighty for me. Paraventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I what that he will. I, okay, for I what? That's what means for I know. I know that he whom thou blessest is what? And he whom thou causest is what? Let me ask your neighbor, do you know? Do you know that some human beings have gotten such a power from God? Eh? That when they open their mouth and say, you are blessed. That's all they need to say. The rest will be story. Balak, Balak, no. That was why, in fact, the Bible says when Balaam rejected initially, he sent more honorable people to Balaam and said, Come! Come! If you will curse these people, I know they are cursed. If you bless them. Now, let me ask. Please listen and answer me. What do you think? Can somebody speak like this without evidence? Eh? If Balaam blessed somebody once and the person is blessed, is that one time act enough to establish a fact like this? There are a series of occurrences. There are series of incidents where Balaam has blessed somebody and that person automatically became what? Blessed. Where he has cursed somebody and that become... So, it was as a result of that knowledge of that occurrence over time that made Balak to start looking for him. What do you want? Do you want to be the kind of person that 
we, when you bless people, they are blessed. Eh? You know, when you become that kind of person, the first person to bless is who? <laughs> you bless yourself now. When you bless yourself, things will start happening. Amen. Now, God has given men such power. And such men are not traditionalists. I want to say, please get this clear. Because sometimes uh, there are things that we have taken as our culture. And we do that, we believe in that. I'm not saying that there is nothing like parental blessing. There is something like parental blessing. But that's not the kind of blessing I'm talking about. If your parents is an idol worshiper, a native doctor, and he asks you, kneel down, my son, let me bless you. Now, if he blesses you, he will bless you by the God that is worshiping. Listen, for a man to bless you in the name of the Lord, and the Lord will honor that blessing, that man must be connected to God. Did you get what I'm talking about? That man must be a man that God has respect unto. Do you remember Abel and Cain? The Bible says, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. There are some people God doesn't respect. When they want to, he will shut their, his ear. So you don't tell me that uh, my father blessed me. Well, that's okay. I hope your father has a connection with God. I hope your father is the kind that if he pronounces blessing on you, then you are blessed. Otherwise, are you following me at all? Otherwise, what you need is a spiritual father. A man that has link with God. That when he pronounces blessing on you, that's the end. It's not a boast. But I've seen people's life change just by a simple prayer I prayed for them. Eh? It's the truth. And I know. Okay. You know that Melchizedek was blessed by um, Abraham was blessed by Melchizedek. Do you remember? When he came back from the slaughter of kings in Genesis chapter 14, the Bible says that Abraham met with him and he blessed Abraham. Now, when Hebrews 7 was reporting that incident, you need to see what Hebrews 7 said. Hebrews 7 was reporting the incident between Abraham and Melchizedek and told us that um, the tithe that Abraham paid to Melchizedek is actually Melchizedek is actually a type of Christ that received tithe from Abraham. That was what the author of Hebrew was trying to. That that man who has no beginning of days, no end of days, is actually representing Jesus. There. And that Levi that receives their current tithe, you know, according to that uh, their timing then, that Levi paid tithe to Christ when he was in the loins of Abraham. Now, but it was verse 7 that you need to note. 
Hebrews 7 verse 7. Look at verse 7. Hebrews 7 verse 7. After saying so many things about Abraham and Melchizedek, he now said, and without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. Who has Good News Bible or NIV, any version at all that is not King James? Let's hear that quickly. Living Bible said what? And as everyone knows, the person who has the power to bless is always greater than the person he blesses. Greater in what? Greater in height. Greater in size. It's not about size. It's about greater in authority with God. So what he's trying to say to us is that even though Abraham was a mighty patriarch, but he is less before God than that king called Melchizedek. So when Melchizedek saw him come, he said, come, 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 young man, kneel down. He blessed him. Listen, you know, we are all children of God, but we are not equal in rank before him, even as of now. I had the story of a man of God that came to minister in Nigeria from outside Nigeria. And then when he finished ministering and he was now trying to bless the pastors and the ministers. So he was laying hands on them, blessing them. Then he laid hand on a particular man of God, anointing from that man of God, lifted the person laying hand and threw him outside. And the man of God that he laid hand on now said, come back and lay again. <laughs> Come back and do what? Lay again. He's only a fool that doesn't know who is greater than him. You are not getting me at all. The less is blessed by the greater. There are people that God has given a deposit of his blessing. When they bless you, you are blessed. And why we call them spiritual fathers is that you must have a connection with such a person because blessing is a product of authority. And if there is authority and submission, blessing can easily flow. Are you following me at all? Okay. The last passage on that is Genesis chapter 27. Turn your Bibles to Genesis 27. You know, Isaac called Esau in Genesis 27 and said, Esau, my son, verse 2. And he said, Behold now, I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field, and take me some venison, that and make me savory meat, such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. Now listen, 
The first thing that touched me from this particular uh, passage is this. How did Isaac got to know that before he dies, that he need to bless his children? His own father, Abraham, did it on him. Did you get me at all? He got that knowledge because before Abraham passed on, he called him and said, Isaac, my son, come. I inherited a blessing from the Almighty God who called me out of my father's house to this land. And who said to me, to you and to your seed, I will give this land. I want to transfer the blessing to you. Come, let me bless you before I go. And that was how the blessing of Abraham was transferred to Isaac. And the Bible says it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed Isaac. So he, he said, I'm not sure the day I will die, but I don't want to die with this blessing. I need to do what my father did to me, to you. And Esau was the first son. That's the first thing I want you to know. With all the blessings of Abraham, he has to bless Isaac. And if you think that it is because Abraham blessed Isaac as a physical father, that your physical father will bless you, ask yourself, is my physical father of the same status with God like Abraham? Are you getting what I'm saying? It, be, it is because Abraham has a space with God. Amen. That's the first. Number two. <laughs> the second thing that touched me from that passage is that Isaac did not say, bring me venison so that I will eat and bless you. What did Isaac say? My soul will bless you. Not my mouth. Now, check verse, um, look at verse, um, verse 19. I want you to see the consistency. Verse 19, Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. You know, they started dragging for the thing because um, they understood the implication. Rebecca called Jacob and said, come. I was there when your forefather Abraham released this thing on your father. And all our journey in life, I have seen the impact of that blessing. So come now. Before Esau will take it, they are doing competition. Go and collect it by Wayo. Now, when Jacob now came and they have done all they did, he said, I have done according to your word. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may what? Not my mouth. Be careful this evening because if you are not careful, you will miss the most important point. My soul. Verse 25. And he said, bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison. The person that is talking now is Isaac himself. That my soul may what? Bless thee. Are you noticing the consistency now? So it was not a mistake. The first one could have been a mistake if it only happened once. Oh, it's a slip of tongue. No, it, it was not. Eh? What actually blesses is not the mouth. Eh? Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
What actually blesses is the soul of the man blessing. If you are following me, let me see. Not the mouth. And the principle is very serious. What is the principle? Bring me venison. Somebody say venison. (laughs) Oh God. Go and prepare venison. Not every kind of venison. What kind of venison are you going to prepare? The kind of venison that I love. If it's not the kind of venison that I love and you bring it and I'm eating it and I don't like it, forget it. My soul no go bless you. It's a law. This thing that happened here is what? Is what? Listen carefully, you know, sometimes when men of God begin to preach and say, you people should be given to your pastor. You people should be given to your uh, disciple or who? In the heart of so many, what they are thinking is that it is because this man wants us to be giving him money. That's why he's talking like this. So let him come and take now. One brother told me that he said that he has been hearing this kind of preaching from me for years, but he now attended a training somewhere. And people were sharing testimonies of how they were given to their spiritual fathers and how that they have been blessed over the years. Then his eyes opened. In fact, he came from Anambara to Enugu and said, sir, I'm sorry. From now, I have repented. He said, when I hear you talk about this, I thought you are saying it because I want you to give, I want, you want people to be giving you. No. No. It's a law. It's only in Christianity that people don't want to understand justice system. Somebody say justice system. In Jeremiah 9.23, listen. In Jeremiah 9.23, God said that he that is wise should not boast in his wisdom. He that is strong should not boast in his strength. He that is uh, mighty should not boast in his he said, let him that want to boast, boast in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. What kind of knowledge? That I am, I am a God that loves, there are three things he said he loves. Can we see that in the screen? Number one is that he said he loves righteousness, he loves justice, and he loves um, mercy. Three things. He loves righteousness. He loves justice and he loves mercy. What is justice? What is justice? Amen. Justice is the way you treated this person should be the way you treat this person. Under the same condition. That's justice. And God is a God. He said, I love justice. Amen. Now, you see, 
what are we arriving at? When Jacob, after eating the venison from, I mean, Isaac from uh, his son, he began to pronounce blessing. He began to pronounce blessing. As he was pronouncing blessing, at the end of the pronunciation of the blessing, Esau came back and said, my father, I'm your son, Esau. He now realized that he has blessed the wrong person. He now, Esau thought it was a small thing that, ah, you can also bless me. Did you notice that Isaac never reversed the blessing? Did you notice that? He said, I have already, and I cannot, no, now. Esau have to cry and say, is there no other blessing, even if it's a small one, bless me, my father. He was, he was crying. <laughs> as he was crying, Isaac said, you don't know what I know. It's not as if I cannot open my mouth and say you are blessed. I can do that. But see, it has gone. It has gone. And the worst is that when he was blessing Jacob, he said, your brothers will be your servants. He cannot reverse it. And he also said, I am here with my own venison. He said, you came at the wrong time. Tell your neighbor that it's a wrong time to bring venison. <laughs> Blessings has time and can be missed. It has a season. There is a flow of blessing that flows not just from the mouth from the soul of the man blessing. Now, what I want to explain when I said God is a God of justice is this. Listen to this simple uh, analogy. You know that okay, let me use what is happening here as an example. How many of you are learning something today? Raise your hand. There are things you have learned since you have listened to me. There are things you have learned today that you don't know before. Raise your hand. Oh, that's powerful. Now, are you aware that in the world, any education that you are going for and somebody is teaching you or you know, trying to train you, that it is not free? Are you aware? Do you know that when they say free education, that does not mean that the thing is free. But that somebody has what? Paid for it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, there are things that people do that when God looks at that, he says, no, 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 no. This is not justice. I love justice. I love justice. Somebody is praying for you. Somebody is teaching you. Somebody is... Do you know that if you want to see a doctor... They have what they call consultation fee. Am I correct? That fee is whether he treats you or not. Two of us. When you want to see a doctor and he say you must pay two thousand for consultation, do you argue? Why not? <laughs> you pay. So you see, when we want any kind of service, whether medical, educational, or any other thing that people are spending time to do, we pay them because there is a payment system for you to get that service. 
But you see the way people abandon their pastors. Abandon men of God, women of God, that are laboring for them in prayers, laboring for them in trying to get the, the, the word of God that will bless their life. And even those that will come for counseling, is there counseling consultation fee for men of God? I know there is. Some people have introduced that. I hope you know that. Ah, I don't blame them. All. Before you blame a man, find out what, why he's doing what he's doing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Some of those people have seen the selfishness of the flesh. I told you last Sunday of somebody, a man of God that was telling me, he prayed for somebody that has a leg problem, leg cancer. And the person has gone to all the hospitals and they say, go away. We have no solution. He has spent over 80-something thousand naira. And he now came and this man of God prayed for him just a simple prayer. And the cancer left and the leg returned back to normal. He said, do I know, he was telling me, that the man has not, he didn't even appreciate anything. You know, when you say to the man of God, thank you, God bless you, the Lord will provide for you, isn't it? Do you know the price that that man paid for the anointing that brought the healing? Are you getting what I'm talking about? This man of God is telling me that every week he goes for three days set apart, praying for people and, you know, so God over time has deposited his anointing with him. And all that people are saying is, is he not a pastor? God will take care of him. How? By throwing money down from heaven. Tell your neighbor, God is a God of justice. That's why he decided to let the blessing come from the soul of the man, not from the mouth. A man of God was saying something like this. He was preaching. He said that the reason why he normally prays for some people that ask him to pray for him is so that they will not disturb him. Not because he's praying from his heart. And he was saying that the day somebody brought something, somebody said, venison such that I love. <laughs> he said, he didn't know when he brought out all his heart. You know, there's a, a way you'll be talking. Your mouth and your heart will synchronize. You know what they call synchronize? We rhyme. Such that whatever you are saying with your mouth is what is coming out of your, of your, of your heart. One of my sons last year did something that surprised me and my wife. He, carried, he called me and said he's going to come for honor visit. And um, he carried all manner of load of good things. Somebody say good things. And came. And as he was bringing out this one, he was bringing out the other one. When he finished bringing out everything, he brought out fat envelope. You know, some of you have not seen fat envelope. There is fat fatter. I think this is the fattest I've seen. And dropped it on the table. And said, sir, me and my family came to honor you as our father. I said, this is, you know what they call wow. I've not seen any kind of thing like this before. 
I, I don't know how I prayed for him. I can't recall. <laughs> but I think I, I prayed for you well. Amen. So I said, you have taught me a lesson. I give oh, even to my own spiritual father. But, but I said, this thing you taught me, I'm going to begin to do it myself. So this year, I took all my family and said, we are going for honor visits to my own spiritual father. And I've made it a regular, regular thing now. Because when we came that day and did exactly what my son did, and he wanted to pray, I fell on my knees. There are some people that when they pray for you, you know, somebody was telling me a story, said a, a, a manager of a filling station opened his filling station for people to come and buy fuel. Those people are people of God that are going for a program. They have several buses. And then their leader was observing how the man was attending to them. You know, uh -uh. it was exceptional. Then after the whole thing, he, 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 the leader, the general overseer, took some money in an envelope and said, please go and give to that manager. He's trying. And they brought the money to him and said, our G.O. said, he's watching the way you have been attending to all the bosses, giving them fuel. You say you should have this money. And the man said, I cannot touch this money from man of God. No. So what is, he said, what I need is prayer from this man of God. Tell him that if he wants to give me anything, let him give me what? They carried the money back, back to the G.O. And he said, eh? he said, you need prayer. Well, I call him. When the man came, the, the G.O. did not say more than two sentences. He said, I bless you in the name of Jesus. That's all. The rest was story. The owner of the Philistation called the man that night and said, I'm sending you for a training in, uh, abroad. I mean, strange things began immediately that same week. That it was a dramatic change. Dramatic. The things that he has never seen before. Two things worked there. Number one, the man had a revelation that you don't have. Are you getting what I'm saying? He, he knew what some of us don't know. That was why he rejected the money. He said, I will finish eating this money. But I need something more than money. Amen. It's a flow. Is a flow from the heart. Something must go for something. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No, no, no. It's true. There is a price for everything. Whether spiritual or physical. So, let me repeat what I said. God has empowered some human beings with his authority to bless. And when they bless, you are blessed. But don't be careless and don't be foolish. Pray for me. After praying for you, say, ah, thank you, sir. No problem. He will receive the thank you. The man of God is not going to be foolish like you to ask you to bring money. No. Anybody, any man of God that asks you to bring money before prayer or after prayer, eh, that one is not the real one. He will not talk to you. Because you are supposed to know that this is a service. 
Are you getting what I'm talking about? And it's a high-powered service indeed. Uh, let me tell the story of two persons. One of them is a brother. Both of them are my, my sons, my spiritual sons. Then, during marriage, he didn't follow the normal procedure of getting married, coming, you know, before proposal, carrying me along and all of that, the way it should. He just told me, I have proposed, I have gone to the house of the people, and all of that, this one, that one. I said, ah, but how do you go into marriage without at least informing your spiritual father about your decisions about getting married and all of that? He said what he said. Okay, I decided to forgive and forget all of that. Then I told him, the day of his wedding, I couldn't attend because something uh, clashed already with that date. And I told him, since I couldn't attend your wedding, when you finish your wedding, take your wife and come. Let me pray for you people and bless you people. He said, okay. And he didn't come. That's one, one story, one case. Another case is this. A sister had the same problem. The same problem. But her, the, the problem is not from her. The problem is from the person coming to marry her. Who is a military officer. So because of their schedule, he couldn't come to follow the procedure the way he should follow. So she said... I know that I didn't follow the procedure. But can I still come? I said, but why? You're already finishing the matter. He said, I need your fatherly blessing. I need what? Your fatherly blessing. I said, you must be a wise person. You must be what? A wise person. Okay, let me share the third case. The third case was almost the same thing. Now, I have to call the brother and say, come, he has fixed his wedding date. I actually followed him up. He didn't follow the, the way he proceeded to follow. I called him. I said, come. Let me, you know, I didn't tell him what I'm calling him, but he came. He came from a very far place. And when he came, I began to tell him how he must glorify God by his wedding because he didn't do that in his traditional marriage. I said, these are the things, these are the precepts, these are the instructions, these are the warnings, things you must do to glorify God in your wedding. And he said, thank you for calling me. This is a timely call because I would have done the other way around. I said, God asked me to do this. Then after the whole talk, he brought out a heavy, heavy, you know, sum of money. Heavy money. Somebody say heavy. And gave it to me. I said, please, I am not going to collect this money. Under God. I, and I rejected that money with all my heart. I said, no. The reason, I told him the reason why I'm rejecting the money. I am rejecting this money because I am not yet sure whether you will glorify God in the wedding. 
So, please, take the money. If you glorify God in the wedding, and there is evidence that God is glorified, then after that, if you give me anything, I can take. But let me not eat. Eat up my anointing. You know what he said? He said, please, sir, if you will collect this money, then I will collect grace back from you to do what you have told me in the wedding. Did you hear something now? Did you hear something? He said, if you take this money from me, what will come back to me from you is what? Grace. To do everything you have asked me to do. I looked at him and said, who taught you wisdom? Who gave you wisdom? He said, it's the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Rise on your feet. Rise on your feet. The seventh key to activating divine blessing is prayer. Somebody say prayer. You remember that Jabez prayed. Do you remember that Jabez prayed? What did he pray? In First Chronicle chapter 4, verse 9, he said, Oh, that you will bless me indeed. That your hand will be with me. That you will enlarge my cause. That you will keep me from evil. And the Bible said, And God granted him. That which he requested. In other words, Jabez became blessed indeed by his own prayer. Is a key. Is a key. And Jacob, after he lied, you know, he lied and collected that blessing. You remember? He still felt empty one of the days. When he was returning back, and Esau told him, I'm coming to meet you with 400 men. He became afraid. That night, he started praying again and said, I will never leave you unless you... Was he blessed that day? How was he blessed? By prayer. That's why I call it the seventh key. Now, let me say this before I ask you to pray. We have looked at seven keys to activating divine blessing. But you need to understand that the keys are working together. Don't come and ask me, why is it that I was, I'm paying tight, or I am giving thanksgiving, or I am doing this one, and I am not yet blessed? No. You need to ensure that you have taken note of these seven keys and that you are following them diligently. In fact, that is where obedience to the word of God and to God comes in as a key. All that God has taught us, you decide I will be obedient to all of them. I will pay my tithe as and when do honorably. Number two, I will be an appreciative man to God. I will be appreciating him. Whatever he does for me will not go under the water. I will make sure that I testify. And I appreciate him. And I thank him for it. And then, 
I will serve him with all my heart. I will love him and I will serve him. You will not withhold your service from him and say, God, bless me. So there is a way. These seven keys has a meeting point. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Are you following me at all? They have a meeting point. So you don't take one, select one and drop the other. You must be ready to follow all of them. That's why, you know, seven is a, a, a number of completion. Am I correct? Mark them. Mark these seven points. Mark them. And then the one we talked about today, we talked about obedience to the word of God, the presence of God, and the blessings from the spiritual fathers, and prayers. You have to combine all of them together and follow them diligently if the blessing will follow or will come. Praise the Lord. Can you just bow your head and pray? I don't know the way God has you know, speak, spoken to you and how you will respond. But just respond to him as a person. Respond to him as a person. What have you done well and what have you not done well? Maybe you may start from repentance. You may say, Lord, in this area, I have not been doing well. But I'm ready to begin to do well in all areas from today. The first key we looked at today says obedience, total obedience to God's word. Can you pray and say, God, open my eyes to see that you are the final authority over my life. And that I have to obey you without questioning. I have to obey you without reasoning. Help me to be a doer of your word. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 to 14 says, If you will obey the Lord diligently, he will bless you in the field. He will bless the fruit of your body. He will bless the work of your hand. He will make you the first and not the last. Can you say to God, I want to be diligent in obeying you from today. Whatever your word said in the scriptures, I want to be an obedient child. Obeying the word of God, obeying the voice of God, obeying the precepts of God. Pray for grace to obey. And we say that you can easily obey God when you love him. Your love for God is a gateway for your obedience. Landalaba in Jesus name we pray the second key is the Lord's presence I want you to pray for that because you know many of us are failing in this you say where two or more are gathered in I am dear or better was blessed by the Lord's presence can you pray both for your life the presence of God inside of you and the presence of God when we gather together that you will ensure that by your righteous living, you maintain divine presence. And that by always being where disciples, people with correct life gather, that you will also get into this blessing flow. Pray that prayer now. That you will not be careless with the gathering of the brethren, especially when the life of the people gathering are correct lives. Gathering in the name of the Lord. Not in the name of Omona. And the people that gathered, you see, non do monage, non do These are people that are living in sin. 
People that are adulterers, you know that they are adulterers. And you are gathering with them. And they say, hey, you pastor, now man of God, pray for us, opening prayer. And you are there. Some of us, we, we, we miss the gathering of the brethren because you want to go and gather with strange people that you are calling your people. They are strange before God because of their life. And you will use that to miss the blessings of his presence. Can you vow and say, Lord, I will not miss the blessing of your presence in Sunday evening discipleship anymore. You have to be consistent for the blessing to consistently flow. The ark remained in obedience house for three months and there were evidence. Pray and say, God, let there be evidence in my life as I'm consistent with the discipleship on Sunday evening. For three months is a number. Say to God, for three months I will not miss Sunday evening. And let's see whether your life will not be blessed. Your problem is that you will come today, next Sunday you will not be there. The ark was consistent for three months. This month you will come, next month you will not be there. The ark was consistent. You have reasons and excuses, but you are the one that is missing and losing. In Jesus' name we pray. Finally, can you pray and say, God, in the area of the spiritual father's blessing, help me to begin to do well in that area from today. Pray that prayer quickly. Pray that prayer quickly. If you have not been doing well in that area, say, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. I repent. I want to begin to do well. The less is blessed by the greater. It's a law without controversy. Without contradiction. You need some blessings from a man that God has given an authority, spiritual authority over your life. Why are you suffering in your business? Why are you suffering in your job? When you can be blessed by a man whom God has given an authority to bless you. Why this struggle? You need to come out of this struggle. Prosperity comes through blessing. The blessing of the Lord make it rich. People of God, let us learn wisdom. And follow wisdom. Amen. Amen. We don't have time for me to share so many stories. But I remember a woman, he's not one of us. Somebody just directed him, him to, her to me. And she came and said to me, Sir, I married as a virgin. And I married at the age of, I think, 40, some 43 or so, 43. It was a battle before she got married. And she married a pastor. And for 10 years, she, doesn't, she didn't have a child. And she said, pray for me. She brought out something to give to me. I said, this thing you are giving to me is your husband away. He said, no. I said, take it back. Go and discuss with your husband. If he 
agrees, then come and give me. She was shocked by that response. She said, I've never seen a man of God like this before. She went back, told her husband, and they agreed. You know, but I already prayed for her. In fact, in the course of praying for her, God said, and I announced it to her, I have given you a baby boy. And within nine months, one year, that baby was born. That's not the only thing. She said to me, in my place of work, I have been working for years, and she was lucky to get a job in Federal Inland Revenue Service. Those of you that know, you know, you know that that is one of the highest paid civil service. One of the highest paid. She was lucky to get a job there. And she said, since I got job there, they have not promoted me. I have missed two promotions now. When she came and brought something and said, man of God, she came to her house, brought something and said, this is to thank, want to thank God, thank you, thank God and thank you for what God did. She, she said to me, in addition, the prayer you prayed for me about promotion too, I was promoted and everything was restored. Amen. Lift up your right hand. I want to pray for you. The first prayer I'm going to pray for you is that God will give you wisdom. To follow the keys that will activate the divine blessings in your life. Lord, I ask for this wisdom upon your people. Release it unto them now. In the name of Jesus. The word of God cannot be, you know, upturned or overturned. What God has said, he has said it. God said, if you pay your tithe, I will bless you. God said, if you, you know, are appreciative of what I have done, I will do more. God said, if you will serve me with your whole heart, I will bless you abundantly. God said, if you will obey me diligently, totally, I will bless you. God said that he has delegated some of his servants to bless you too. God said that his presence, consistent presence, listen, the earth was in Obedon house for three months. I challenge anybody that is part of this family, maintain attendance to discipleship without breaking for three months, every Sunday, three months, and see whether what happened to Obedon will not happen to you. The act was consistent. It, 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 it was not like what some of us are doing. This Sunday you will come. Next Sunday you will come late. You will go for me to know more before I to answer present. Next Sunday you will not come at all. You will, you know, you are not consistent. Be consistent. And you will see if God will not do what he did for Obededon. The presence blesses. And I pray for you. I join my prayer with your prayer like Jabez prayed. The Lord will bless you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Whatsoever you lay your hands in this season, the Lord will bless it. And the blessing of the Lord will make you rich. And it will add no sorrow to it. I release the wisdom of God upon your life that will make you to understand God and his ways. And be ready to follow the word of God. And not be stingy on your own blessings. In the name of Jesus. The woman of Zarephath brought out his 
last oil and flour and gave to the man of God. Excuse me, what happened? What happened? The story is all over the scriptures. May God teach you wisdom. May you have the ability to apply the knowledge you have gotten from this message. For wisdom is application of knowledge. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website, www.calvaryonline.org. For testimonies, counseling, and prayers, you can send an email to calvaryrevivalabels at gmail.com or call 080-6560-7999. You could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Revival Labels.